You're listening to Spurs Cast, episode 661. My name is Paul Garcia, and I am your host here on the Spurs Cast. Today, I'll be joined by Project Spurs team members Joe Garcia, Benjamin Bornstein, Vicky, and Vicky Variel in this emergency Spurs Cast and Spurs Roundtable episode. In this episode, we'll be discussing the breaking news of DeJounte Murray being traded to the Atlanta Hawks as the San Antonio Spurs continue their rebuild. So we'll get into the um, specifics of the DeJounte trade here in, in a second, everyone. But let's go ahead and begin with just initial thoughts and reactions. Uh, Joe Garcia, going to start us off. How was, what was your initial reaction this afternoon when, when news came out from Woj that DeJounte Murray is being moved to the Atlanta Hawks? Actually, I felt relief and I was excited. And I know that's not the typical reaction. But honestly, I mean, it's been coming. The writing's been on the wall for quite some time already. To me, I was excited because at least now the Spurs have a clear direction of what they are and where they're going, and that is full rebuild mode. So hopefully this will translate into a top five pick and a franchise changing player that the team can build around. So I'm happy with the decision to move on from DeJounte uh, because of the latest reports as we have been seeing uh, Ben's uh, buddy over here. Brian Windhorst had said that DeJounte had informed the team that he was not going to go ahead and sign the extension. That is the rumor. So it's no wonder the Spurs went ahead and and made this trade. And it also explains a lot of what they did as far as uh, the draft picks uh, and their selections of the players that they picked. Um, It it makes more sense now. Okay. Vicky, what were your initial thoughts when this happened? Um, I completely didn't expect it. I did not see it happening because, and just like Joe said, you know, yeah, I'm glad they chose, they finally picked their path, but they've had four years to pick the path and their path was not tanking. They were rebuilding through development and it's just, it seems like four years wasted of developing DeJounte Murray. And I get it. This is the best year he's had. It's when he's going to be, you know, the most valuable to, um, you know, get something in return for. I get that. But this is something they could have done with Kawhi. I mean, if they would have settled for picks with Kawhi, Mm -hmm. we could have been already back. The Spurs would have been back in the mid, you know, field right there contending. Um, So it's just, it was super frustrating to me because it seemed like they had committed to rebuilding in a way that was not tanking. Um, And there were a lot of positives happening with the Spurs and with, You know, their prospects, there's still Primo, who apparently is, you know, this really great prospect. The draft draftees that were acquired this year are really great. It would have been awesome to see what could have happened with DeJounte as the leader. I mean, I think other stuff still could have been done. Other moves could have been made. But I think building around DeJounte would have gotten the Spurs to a good playoff contention within the next few years. And I really think that could have happened. Now it's kind of like just this hope that they're going to land some generational Mm -hmm. talent and that's not promised. And we know that, you know, there've been great flops in drafts before. Um, So I, I'm not, I'm still not sold, not sold on it. Um, Uh, I hope I'm wrong. I really do. I want this first to succeed no matter what. Well, good Uh, news, bad news, Vicky, your DeJounte Murray jerseys will be half price at the the fan (laughs) shop. Um, ben, what are your, what are your initial True. thoughts? And uh, one of our old, one of our old team members, guys, uh, Josh Paredes is here. He's watching. He says, um, "My guy, JP, cast live." So, um, Ben, what are your <laughs> initial up, thoughts? And this happened. It's okay, Vicky. It's actually not real life. This is the Matrix. None of this happened. <laughs> I wish. I just unjack. <laughs> just it never happened. Just forget it. Um, 
But to, to kind of tie all of this together with with Brian Windhorst reporting that DeJounte Murray wouldn't have taken a max contract is is very interesting to me. To me, that kind of says DeJounte Murray wasn't going to bet on himself to make an all-NBA team in the next two years to activate the Supermax, potentially, which would have – the Spurs would have been able to pay him five over five years mm-hmm. and more than any other team. I don't know what those numbers would have looked like. We, we just got the new cap projections today. Yeah. Of course, we don't know what the cap projections are for next year and the year after so on. So it's hard to say how much money that would have been, but presumably – it would be worth a lot more than what other teams can offer, not only because of the extra year and they have the bird rights, but also because Texas doesn't have a state income tax, which like when people are talking about free agency and talking about contracts being worth more than others, nobody talks about state income tax. Like if you go out to California or New York, you're paying way more state income tax than you do in Florida, in Texas. Food for thought, but with DeJount, with the trade, I actually thought the Spurs got a lot in return. You're talking about three unarlet top 16 pick for next draft. Now you're now if you're a, if you're a Spurs fan, you're actually becoming a Charlotte fan now. You want them to make the playoffs so that the pick mm-hmm. conveys. If it doesn't convey okay. this year. I think it then becomes top 14 protected and then top 12 or top 10 protected. And then after that, it becomes two second rounders, which is kind yeah. of useless. So Hornets don't suck. You have Lamella ball do better. But and also in the, oh, go ahead. it's so, you know, now, now the Spurs are the Spurs fans are like rooting for other teams to do well. So yeah. that, or, or the Hawks to be terrible somehow for, mm-hmm. for the picks to, to be good picks. Um, and I also don't think it's a coincidence that the picks start conveying in 2025. DeJounte Murray's contract is good until the end of the 23-24 season. Presumably they'll try and re-sign him. If they don't, that's a year of flux with them. They don't know what they're doing. A completely unprotected pick. They, like This cannot be emphasized enough that all three of those picks are unprotected. That does not happen, ever. That has not happened in a long time. So I think there has to be a lot of credit given to the front office for getting those picks in return. Because they could have easily said, we'll just get, we'll we'll take lottery protected, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. The Hawks are probably not going to be in the lottery in the next couple of years, at least, with presumably with DeJounte and Trey Young leading that backcourt. So I think it was strategic planning there. I don't think it should be overlooked. Those that's that's my more than two cents. And, and I you know I I agree with uh, Joe and Vicky here and also Ben, you know, just what Joe said there is I'm just yeah. happy that they picked a path, you know, just as far as like me running the cap sheets and stuff. It was yeah. like, are they going to go after Aiden to like be competitive? Are they going to try to trade for John Collins? Or are they just going to, um, you know, go for full rebuild? And now we know yeah. they're going for, for full rebuild. But like what Vicky said, I think that the year, once Kawhi made that decision that he wanted out of San Antonio, that was their time to try to start moving on, you know, not try to get DeMar mm-hmm. DeRozan and uh, other players back. Now I know they ended up getting more first round picks out of that, but again, I think that was when they should have started that repo. But again, you know, uh, just going to the past there. All right. So we're getting some, some questions like Joe mentioned here. Uh, we have uh, Tavarius uh, says, um, 
what do the Spurs do with all this cap space? So we're about to get to that in a little bit. I'll go ahead and go straight to that question, but let me just explain what's going on with the trade uh, or, or yeah, salary dumps for picks. So yeah, let's talk about all these questions. So uh, let's talk about the trade in detail. So the Spurs, who are they getting in this trade? They are getting one player, Danilo Gallinari. Uh, his contract, I'm waiting for the details. They haven't come out yet. It's likely to be amended because it was supposed to guarantee at $5 million, It has a guarantee of $5 million, but it was supposed to guarantee today at 21.4. In order for this trade to take place legally after July 6th, the Hawks need to push that amount to 11.5 or to about $13.5 million. So I haven't got that that um, that exact number just yet. And also they might push his guarantee date. So in, in the end, the Spurs may only only pay um, like, like $11 million to Wade Gallinari once he gets for DeJounte officially and why they had to do that is because DeJounte's um, salary for next year was was less than that 21 million that Gallinari had and just due to cap complications they had to, to extend and um, 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 bump up Gallinari's salary so in, in the end the Spurs yes they're going to waive uh, Gallinari most likely is what we expect once the trade goes through but it may not be for that full 21 million he, he may only get like 11 million you know 13 million so that, so that works out for the Spurs now the big thing is what Ben said there that's the fact that they get those three future first round picks and a pick swap they get the 2023 um, Hawks pick um, just like Ben said I'm not going to go into detail because he said you know it's, it's a lot it's a lottery protected so you are if you're a Spurs fan you're rooting for Charlotte to be good next year like Ben Ben mentioned there um, the Spurs also get the 2025 and 2027 unprotected first round picks from the Hawks and a 2026 uh, pick swap with, with the Hawks. Now, what did the Hawks get? They get DeJounte. Um, you know, he had two years left on his deal. I know on, on a very team friendly contract. However, now that the cap's going up, you know, we've been saying 40 million uh, lately in 2024 for DeJounte. Well, guess what? Now that the cap's boosting, it's going to be 40.8 million. So again, that his salary for when he needs an unrestricted free agent in two years is just continuing to expand. It looks like the Spurs were not uh, playing on sign. So let's go to one of our first questions. And, um, you know, how much cap space can the Spurs open and what can they do with that cap space? So still, you know, if, if they, if they, um, if they take away the qualifying offers from Lonnie Walker, the fourth and, uh, and, um, what's his name? Joe Wieskamp. And they also, uh, wave Trey Jones, Kata Bates job and, uh, Jock Landale. Well, they can open up to 31.1 million right now. This is assuming that Gallo's at that $21 million, um, uh, capital. If Gallo's numbers less like 11 or 13 million, that's even more money. So basically over 30 million, um, just about. And so there, there's that question is, do they go after free agents? Uh, someone who's already been mentioned by, by two different reporters that I've read is uh, Tyus Jones, who has um, a projections of about 13.7 million, according to The Athletic, or 15.9 million, according to Profit X. So let's begin with uh, Vicky here. What do you think they should do with their cap, with, with, their, with their cap space right now? Should, should they go after some free agents for, for some team needs or should they just try to take on bad contracts for more? Four picks for the, for this rebuilding process. Honestly, now I want them to pick their lane. If they picked it, if they're going to go full rebuild, yeah, bad contracts, get more picks, just try to build more capital that they can use. Um, I want them to commit to it now because it's like, you know, been sort of like this. Everyone thought they were committed to a way and then, you know, just kind of like pulled the rug out from under us. So it's like, yeah, commit to it. Just continue on this path aim for next draft. I know that we're going to talk about it. Um, one of the upcoming topics, but yeah, I mean, if they're really going to put all their eggs in that basket, then go for it and go hard. And yeah, don't, don't try to sign and waste, you know, waste the chance of actually winning uh, <laughs> again yeah. on accident. Joe, what are your, what are your thoughts? What do you think they should do with this cap space? If they, if they open up to 31 million? I think they should just go ahead and embrace what they are. You know, they're in full rebuild mode. So mm -hmm. why why deviate from the path? You know, this is the path they have chosen. And I think going ahead and going down the path of least resistance and garnering as many picks as possible uh, to go ahead and rebuild this team and move forward, hopefully, to, to getting back with two 
a playoff team in the next couple of seasons, they need to go ahead and choose that path. So unfortunately for me, it's going to be go ahead and and get these bad, you know, uh, you know, deals in place and bad contracts, whatever you got to do just to keep on going down the path you have chosen. Okay, Ben, what's your thoughts there? You're all wrong. No. Um, <laughs> with if if they get that number up, if if the Gallo number comes down and the cap space number mm-hmm. goes down, uh, I would say they should actually still go after DeAndre Ayton. They can offer him more money than anybody else. Yep. Yep. And mm-hmm. he he feels like a guy who doesn't really care if they start winning. <laughs> oh no! As long as he gets paid. So what are they going to do? His, do they draft his, his whole issue in Phoenix is he's not one of the focal points of the offense. That's what he That's wants. The, the, the Spurs can offer him that, and they can pay him while doing so. It's not not to say that he doesn't value winning at all. That's that's crazy. I understand that. I'm I'm not a complete psycho usually, um, but if if the Spurs can come out there and say, "Hey, man, guess what? You. Yeah." We can offer you all this money and we can offer you all this attention on offense. You can be the guy. You know, that might sound pretty appealing to him. And frankly, the Suns can't really afford him. They they need a if they want to be able to afford him, they have to sign and trade. They have they have to figure out their cap situation too, because they already agreed to pay Devin Booker. They're paying Chris Paul an obscene amount of money for someone that age, and they're paying McCall Bridges as well. Like that's that, that basically those three guys have tied up the majority of their money for at least the next two years. I think, I think your contract, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so I just, to, to me, go, you can still go after big name guys. You could, if, if the Hawks don't figure out what they're doing with John Collins, maybe you can wait on him and figure him out later. I don't know how long his contract goes because I think they did end up extending him a couple years. Yeah, he ago. Has, Collins has four years left on his deal with the. Oh, he has four years. Year. Never mind. Terrible idea. I have spoken stupidly. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> I'm seeing. I saw a great question from Josh. Actually, I want to answer that really quick. Uh, mm-hmm. He says, a "Credible source said the Spurs preferred one of the unprotected first round picks over Onyeka Okongwu. He's mm-hmm. torn about if that was wise or not." We already eyeing someone from the 2027 class. Yeah, we're, uh, hold on, let me do the math. We're we're what is that? That's uh, five years away. So we're we're looking at what a ninth grader now. Yeah, we're definitely looking at the ninth graders for sure. Josh, yeah. love it. Uh, always looking to the future. Um, surely there's a ninth grader oh in Texas God. who's got talent. Hide him away somewhere. Find a way to stash him. Um, uh, Eric, I see Eric here has an easy question for us to answer. I don't know off the top of my head. He's asking, is DeAndre eight and 23? I think that's close. He was the 2018 draft. Um, he was presumably 19 or 20 coming out. So now you're going to be do math. That's four years. He's at least 22. <laughs> 23. So yes, I would say 22 or yep. 23. He is 23. Yep. 23. There Good you call. go. Thank you. Paul. Good job, Ben. Right on the slider. Favorite, I had it. One of my favorite Google. comments right now. <laughs> Is going to be from. Uh, I, I only remember. I only remember he was in that draft. Like I don't. I, <laughs> I knew he was at Arizona for one year, and that was it. So I was mm-hmm. assuming he was nineteen. Please don't make me do math again, guys. And now let's take a quick break. Let's listen to a word from our sponsors. Hockey fans, the pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. 
new customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during playoffs? With DraftKings Same Game Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Look at look at this this comment right here. I like this comment from uh, Perfect Praxis. He says, "How often do these these types of trades work out for the team that trades all the picks?" Yeah, anybody got a response on that one? Record. I yeah, don't know, but it seems like it's. I mean, I do think Atlanta is also kind of stupid for wasting. Well, I mean, years with they gave up a lot. Too. They gave up a lot. They gave up, but they but they are legitimately chasing a title. They are now legitimately t- chasing a title. A really tough. If it pays piece. off. It pays. I mean, yeah. it. It's going to be interesting the, to see if, how if they Dante and Trey work together. I would argue if they don't make the ECF the next two years, they they wasted that. That was a bad trade yeah. for them. Yeah, and, and, and they're showing that. Yeah, they're you they're showing that commitment to Trey Young, the fact that they're um that they're actually yeah. like being becoming a tax team to take on Dejounte's money and you know try to do it, and they yeah. still have some more moves probably lined up. Uh, so so let's continue real quick because we have like a mixture here of the comments who are kind of mixing with the topics from our episode. Let's so let's go let's continue here. So um, you know one of the questions is you know what are the Spurs going to do with their current veterans now that it looks like they're, de- they're definitely going to rebuilding mode. So so we know that players to watch out for now in the trade market are probably going to be Jakob Pertl, uh, Doug McDermott, Josh Richardson. Um, do y'all think that uh, whoever wants to take this question, uh, you, you know, do y'all think that they're definitely about the trade block that we could end up seeing these players moved as well? Well, here's the or thing yeah. that's interesting to me. You have DeJounte Murray's the first shoe to drop. You know, now with the Spurs wanting to go ahead and be in full rebuild mode, I think it signals that they might be willing to go ahead and part with some of their other assets, such as Yaka Portal or Keldon Johnson, even Trey Jones, yeah. maybe Devin Vassell. And thus, I got to say, Devin Vassell's bulked up a little bit, and it's going to be interesting to see his uh, progress come, you know, this upcoming season. And, you know, when you're, when you have players that are developing and they're young and are attractive to other teams, their trade value might be at its apex, you know, early on in their careers because they have more tread on the tire, you know? So if the Spurs are interested in these picks and, you know, going ahead and stacking them, uh, they might go ahead and just start listening to other offers. So I wouldn't be surprised if we start hearing more and more rumors come to light as free agency is going to start kicking off here pretty soon, you know, in full swing. Yeah, I yeah. I agree. Good. I definitely think Pirtle isn't safe or is more gone than here now. Um, I also could think maybe even Keldon, as much as I would hate that. Um, but I, I don't think anyone's really protected. I do think Vassell down, like Vassell, Primo, are, are going to stick with the Spurs because they're yes. not going to get rid of everybody without – any kind of hope for the future. Like, you know, I mean, they've got to have some sort of bridge. Um, so I think they're, I think they're going to keep some of the younger guys, but yeah, maybe, maybe Kelvin even is not safe. 
And Josh is Joe. Are you are you seeing Josh's? Yes. Okay. So this is a good. Let's bring this up. So um, Josh Fedetta says that Joe as as (laughs) Smith once said, "Keep Devin Vassell's name out of your mouth." I think that's (laughs) terrible. I think that's definitely true. I think what what Vicky just said is key there. Josh Primo, Devin Vassell. These are um, you know, these are definitely players that I do not think are going to be in any kind of trade discussions Mm -hmm. for sure. These are the these are the players that that it actually makes this coming season kind of interesting. I really think that yes, Primo's going to might be that starting point guard for them. Uh, and then for sure, Devin Vassell out on the wing, he's going to get an expanded role. He's probably going to start. He's going to get to do a lot more pick and roll, a lot more uh, different, different, um, you know, just responsibilities on offense. And they do want to see what, how he develops. The player that's interesting, though, is Keldon. So let's talk about him ne- uh, next in our segment so here. So the reason why I bring up Keldon is because right now, up until August, uh, October 31st, Halloween, the Spurs can um, extend his contract. Now he's due for an extension, maybe in the 18 to $20 million range uh, would be his projection right now. But now, you know, knowing what they just did with Murray here, um, do you, do, you know, what are y'all's thoughts? What do y'all think about, you know, do you think they, they extend Kelton? And if not, he'll be in the same situation as Lonnie, where next season he becomes a um, a restricted free agent uh, for the Spurs. So, uh, Ben, go to start there. What do you think is going to happen with Kelton now in this situation? Oh, just an um, FYI real quick. We do have okay. Evan on standby, so I'll bring him in after uh, Ben's take. Okay. So you mean Kelton, big body Johnson, the god? Um <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, I like Keldon Johnson. Um, Me too. They, I think they keep him. I, I feel like he now with Jeremy Sohan, he can move to his natural position of three. And yeah, he probably mm-hmm. plays bigger. But mm-hmm. I think it's a, it's it's a natural move for him there. He starts there. I think the bigger question is what happens with the guards. I mean, there are people talking about Tyus Jones would be interested, which would be incredibly ironic since he would be taking his brother's minutes. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Nobody wants to talk about that. Talk about sibling rivalry. I mean, that would be great and terrible. (laughs) Terrible. I don't know. Is there a word for that? But um, it would, that would, that would create its own, I mean, not maybe not chemistry issues, but that would create its own drama, I think. Um, which, as a franchise that is about to tank and rebuild, I don't think you want that drama. Not to say that Tyus Jones isn't a good player. Obviously, I believe he is a good player. I think, he, I think Josh, not Josh. I'm sorry. I think Paul mentioned it earlier that he was expected to get in like the 17 mil range, uh, 13 to about 15 million 13, dollar range. Okay. See, this is why I don't do math. Um, <laughs> But, you know, why pay him if you think you can develop yeah. his brother who is on a rookie contract and is much cheaper and is obviously mm-hmm. younger? Mm-hmm. And you're in a rebuilding mode. What's the point of going and getting a Tyus Jones? Um, now, I would say that there's possibility Jakob Pertl's gone too. I mean, you, yeah. you can get assets for him, and I think the, the Spurs are just going to collect picks. They're going to say, mm-hmm. oh, we will out OKC OKC. We... We will have picks and we will take future seventh graders. We don't care. <laughs> um, you better be careful there. That's uh, Jonas Clark's boy. He's going to say, keep Yaka Portal's name out uh, your mouth. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, whatever. Well. <laughs> Listen, I love I love Clark. He's my guy. Let me go ahead and bring that in. He's been on standby long enough. Clonus, right? Clonus Jark, if you will. Jark Clonus. <laughs> I always reverse it. I'm sorry. But that yeah. is my guy. Coming, coming off the bench, coming in late off the bench. We got Evan Townsend joining us. Woo! What's up, Evan? What's up, Evan? Hey, here we go. You guys hear me? All right, so, yep. 
So now let's move on to our next topic here. And this is, uh, you know, a player that's been, he's not even in the, in the, in the um, you know, eligible to play in the NBA yet, but this is for next year. And this is a reason why we think that the Spurs might have made these moves today is, is uh, this player and Evan and Ben, y'all, y'all are probably the best to talk about this player here. Uh, Victor Wembanyama. Victor Wembanyama. You know, the Spurs, like, but something Vicky said earlier when she first started saying, there's no guarantee because of the, the new lottery yeah. rules that there's only a 14% chance. Yes. Even if the Spurs 14. have the worst record in the league, they may not end up with that number one pick. The Rockets only won 20 games last year, had the worst record, and they got the second pick, not the first pick. So, uh, Ben, uh, let's, let's let Evan take this question first. But Evan, who is this yep. player, uh, Victor, went by Banyama, that, uh, that's the, projected to be the number one pick next year in 2023 in case the Spurs do get that number one pick? This is definitely one of the best prospects we've seen maybe since Zion and probably since LeBron before. He's probably 7'5". He's not even 7'4". We're going to need to cut his hair to make sure we can get a good measurement on him. <laughs> Kid is is a twig, uh, but he's he's a prototype that you can't pass on. He's a one of one type of unicorn you can't pass upon. Um, Giannis type of fluidity, um, step backs, uh, crazy ball movement. Jordan like ball moves because his hand is so huge. Like he just throws people off his game. And he left Tony Parker's team to sign with who? Boris Diaw. Hey, keep it in the space. <laughs> oh, hey, yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, like like how Vicky was saying, I, I just joined. But um, realistically, the 14%, I mean, not only is that a, a, a the best chance you can get, I mean, if you have one of the worst yeah. records in the league, first had picks to move up. We've seen mm-hmm. how this past uh, draft class, this sounds crazy to say, this past draft class, how they were treating things, how people were trying to um, make sure they land on a certain team. Paolo looked pissed. He wasn't a Rocket. Obviously, he was best friends with KPJ back in the day. Um Chet was being buddy buddy with Chet, uh, with uh, not with Chet, obviously with uh, Josh Giddy on Instagram for weeks. Literally, these guys make their decisions weeks ahead of time, and then as the draft process goes on, you see and see, oh yeah, Jaden Ivey's not going to be a king. He said this about the Indiana Pacers, and you know, so maybe Victor, well, a one in four shot, one in three, that's still a good shot, mm-hmm. and we can maybe even swoop, yeah. maybe any team besides OKC because they're. I forgot, Ben, you can answer this. What is his manager used to be used to work on the OKC Thunder, right? Back in the day, Sam Presti? something like that. No, 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 Victor Wembanyama's uh, agent, no. or somebody on his used to work for OKC back in the day, right? Uh, yeah, I can't remember who it was, but I, I remember reading something about that. Yeah, so oh, okay. they're alive there. Um, yeah. Ben, what do you have but, to add about Wembanyama? When when Wembanyama? I got I have his his name in hyphens too, and I still can't. With, say it. Yeah, for, first of all, phenomenal name. Um, great scrap if you're into that. Um, but like Evan said, his and his measurements, there is not any consistent measurement I have seen on him. I have seen anywhere from like 7'2 to 7'5 and anywhere from like 230 to 250 pounds. So like he's not he's not as thin as Chet Holmgren is, which is which is good. So there's there's a little yeah. less about how it might wear on his body, but they're talking you're you're talking about a guy all of the hype around him has been he has the defensive chops of a Rudy Gobert who moves better but with the offensive game of of potentially a Kevin of a much larger taller Kevin Durant i mean this we you, we have to we really have to get into the tape and watch him more but like that's how people have been describing him yeah which, which is wild and they're saying he's going to be the best prospect since Anthony Davis Mm-hmm. Um, oh, wow. and only because Anthony Davis was 2012, you know, LeBron was Oh three, but I mean, we're talking this, this guy could potentially change your franchise. That's, 
that's how crazy good he is and how he's um Josh, you need to get out of here, Josh. <laughs> he's no, worth Jay, you want to share that? That's not even a word score. But um, he's 72 points. <laughs> don't don't be playing Scrabble against Josh. I know. Right? Josh is not really, he's like he's actually like looking at him. He's like, I put it. I'm gonna be that guy with the freaking word. thesaurus in the dictionary. Wait, wait, wait. I don't think that's a real word. Yeah. You know. <laughs> but, but piggybacking off of what Vicky said with the one in three opportunity in 97, by the way, the Celtics were yeah. supposed to have the top pick. Can mm-hmm. you imagine how different that franchise is in the late nineties and the early two thousands and not relying on old man, Paul Pierce for a lot of things. It's they're They're a much different, like Victor Wimbanyama could be that guy. We don't know for sure. I, I really want to watch him play at a high level. And, you know, the, the French league is fine. Mm-hmm. I really want to see how he might play at Worlds. I think he played uh, U19 against a lot of guys who are now in college. And he was eating dudes alive. So nice. that that's a good sign. But it's also against guys who are in college, not necessarily top NBA guys. So it, it's – Watch him. Just watch him all this year. And Matthew, yes, he could also be like all the number one busts, but you can say that every single year. I don't think there has been a guaranteed non-bust. I mean, you're talking guaranteed non-bust, even hyping into the draft. You're talking about probably Tim Duncan. You're talking about LeBron James. Um, There was probably talk about Dwight Howard at some point the year after that. You're talking about Anthony Davis. Um, I mean, even Zion Williamson was supposed to be, you know, the most guaranteed number one thing, and he's had injuries. So I wouldn't – no one is safe. No one is ever yeah. safe, right? This is not a video game where you get to turn injuries off. I wish it was. It would make for a much more exciting league. But, you know, it's it's hard to project that stuff with, you know, is uh, unless a guy really has a history of injuries. But as far as I know, Victor Wembanyama. And okay. talent is too good. Yeah, I think we need to start sharing some of the fan reactions that we yeah. had. I was going to go through a few of these comments. Um, So uh, I, I agree with Eric Pacino here. He says uh, we have to get the first pick if he's generational talent who trades him away. You know, if I, again, if I was a Spurs, I mean, if I was a team, I, I wouldn't want to trade away the number one pick if it's one by Yama with the, the way you right. all are, are describing him. Right. Uh, real quick, so some cl- uh, cap clarification question here. Uh, Paul F. asked, if Spurs wave Gallinari tonight, they are only on the hook for like $6 million. Good question here. Uh, so, so the, the, the DeJounte and Atlanta trade cannot go down until after July 6th when the NBA moratorium is lifted. The reason for that is because Gallo's salary was at $20 million to end this season, and DeJounte's was only at fifteen. and the uh, just the cap ramifications would have worked. So what the Spurs and Hawks most likely did was the Hawks guaranteed uh, – his partial guarantee, they moved it to about eleven to $13 million, and that will help um, cap-wise work with DeJounte, $16 million that he's going to make next year with the Hawks. So again, that's that's why this trade most likely does not happen until after July 6th, unless you know more players are included. Uh, if it were to happen before uh, June 30th, which is which is very doubtful. So that that's uh, again. So what, what we're thinking right now is what we talked about earlier is that when the Spurs wave Gallinari, it may only be for 11 or 13 million. It may not be for that full 21 million uh, if they were able to push push his guaranteed uh, date back. Um, so real quick before we we continue the comments, um, Ben Ben and um. And Evan, who is this other guy? Scoot Scoot Henderson, I believe is his name. 
who's who's supposed to be the number two pick? Anybody got any updates on him or, or what kind of what kind of prospect he is? Uh, he's playing for G League. Mm-hmm. He is a point guard, and he has a great name. <laughs> yes, very he's, good. He's like in the same category as like a job, Derek Rose, really just springy point guard that has a good feel for the game. Quick first step that you that if he gets a good screen. If he doesn't get a good screen one way or another, he's going to beat you off of it. And um, he even posted it. That, ben, did you see that crazy dunk he had? It was like a, between the legs before like a, a – like he threw the ball up between his arms, then went to between the legs. And yeah, 6'4", oh, three. He, he, he put on, yeah. put on his, on his, uh, on his either Twitter or Instagram. That, that showcased all the type of springs you need. This is a one-of-one type of prospect. So, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't stamp him as a number two. There's like – Five or six other guys that can go number two, and Victor he could have okay. injury concerns that from the number one spot. Mm-hmm. This this draft is very much Victor Wembanyama is in mm-hmm. his own tier. Okay, but that That's second fast. tier is still really dang good. Like it's not okay. it's not like the tiers from this draft where it was those any one of those top three guys could go number one, and then it was like Jaden Ivy is like maybe in that tier, maybe in his own tier. And then it's kind of everybody else. This is very much the the top two the the top tier. Victor alone, he is the guy. There's there's maybe ten guys under that who are all kind of in a similar tier. Okay. Maybe not okay. that many, but there's there's a lot more than this year in that second tier. Hey, we have a really good comment here from one of our viewers watching us from from YouTube right now. <clears throat> His name is James from the Alamo City. He he's saying. I know, I know it's in the past, games. but what we did today, we should have done with Kawhi and got tons of picks, money, or a mid-level, or superstar in return. DeMar doesn't count, and I'm in agreement with them. I think mm-hmm. really what today signifies is, and how we got here, was poor decision-making by the front office at the time when they just didn't want to go ahead and trade Kawhi, let's say, to uh, one of their competitors in the Western Conference, such as the Lakers, which it was rumored the Lakers had a a ton of, of, you know, top level talent that they wanted to give us in return for Kawhi Leonard, maybe even some picks. The Spurs declined that. Ultimately, they decided to go ahead and go with the trade with Toronto that's, you know, garnered uh, DeMar, uh, DeRozan, Yaka Portal in the pick. Um, So, Mm -hmm. again, you know, poor decision making. They should have moved on from Kawhi and, and garnered some picks and really started going ahead and changing that trajectory of, okay, we're in full rebuild now, mode now instead of waiting for what happened today. You know, if they had done that in the past, then maybe De- DeJounte would still be a part of the San Antonio Spurs uh, team moving forward. But it is what it is at this juncture. But, I mean, it was a valid question. I, I really think that there really – when I say there wasn't a, another trade available that made sense – Think about the the guys that were offered for Dejounte. Let's not think rumors. Just think like logistically here. Maybe he's in the same tier of like a Jalen Brown, right? A fringe All Star that could be an All Star one year. That's not an All Star. Celtics mm-hmm. aren't trading Jalen Brown. Nobody's trading their guy that is on Dejounte's level, right? Dejounte's on the, one of the best contracts in the in the league, right? By far. Mm-hmm. If he didn't want to be here, and I'm not say he forced the Spurs' hands. We don't we don't know what all these cryptic posts mean, but you know, probably doesn't mean good things, right? Probably was a little frustrated. We need to find out exactly what being DeAndre Aiden would come to town. If this was a trade that got you all the picks you wanted and no disgruntled star 
or no guy that fits the Spurs way or Spurs competitive timeline, get whatever you need ASAP and then use those picks for future trades you can get in a sign and trade. So they, they made uh, one of possibly two or three trades that made sense. They got the best available. You know what? I want to get rid of that term. I hate that term, man. The Spurs way. And you know what? You could have used that term when you had Tony Parker, Tim Duncan, Manu Ginobili here. Nowadays, with the Spurs and the team being in flux, who gives a damn about the Spurs way? You need to be able to get a player that you can bring in, and that player can go ahead and change the dynamic of the franchise and get you back to your winning ways. I'd be damned if I care if he fits the Spurs way or not. As long as that team, as long as the team gets back to its winning ways, I'm fine with it. I don't care what the dude does with his free time or how he is off the court. I think as long as Pop's coaching, though, it's gonna be it's gonna be Pop's way or, or no way. No way. I was, I was, <laughs> He's got to fit the culture. <laughs> He's got to fit the culture, or else it's mm-hmm. not gonna work. But what is the Spurs culture now? It's 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 been reduced to now we're in a rebuild mode. You know the Spurs yeah, culture. Yeah, personality wise, I think they're yeah. still looking for a certain a certain type of personality. They don't want somebody with an ego. See, I think that's where the team gets themselves in trouble. If you start looking for certain personalities because they fit the Spurs way, you're selling yourself short. I'll be damned if the guy doesn't have a great personality. He's a hell of a player on the court. Pick him. You know, I mean, this this. But Spurs then what happened with Kawhi? I'm saying, like, here's that's the thing. That's how Kawhi left. <laughs> Bro, here's the thing with that. You take uh, the BPA, some guy who may, I'm like, we're not even going to get into, like, how they carry themselves or how they embrace themselves online. But it's really about having respect. It's really about having respect for yourself and for your franchise. Spurs bring in a lot of guys that are dads. Yeah. Spurs bring in a lot of guys that are, um, not want to say holy men, but people that don't know, but people that respect themselves, people that don't go online and bash other people. I want you to imagine the type of antics Julius Randle was was having with the Knicks this year, slamming the, the assistant's laptop, Anthony Davis and Dwight Howard going back and forth. You bring those type of guys, you're risking the Spurs tr- ruining again their competitive time. Yeah. And here's the thing: we're the only. I talked about this in the space. We're the only franchise in the NBA that does that. We're the goody goody Christian boys, six A school mm-hmm. with a fancy bus. Nobody cusses. Nobody says anything bad about Coach Pop, right? Not every player wants to play with us, right? That's but we're true. Dealing with, with the same. Now. We're not dealing with the same antics the Hornets yeah. are dealing. With. Players getting arrested. Players posting what? Come on now, you know what I'm saying? We don't have to deal yeah. with that, and we can we can we can weed that out during the during the interview process for as as rookies. So yeah, yeah sorry um, about that. Yeah, and some issues here with the internet, but yeah, that's cool. Um, again. Just speaking of the you know the Spurs culture stuff, the Spurs way. Uh, Sean Franklin here has a good comment. He says that uh, Blake Wesley is uh, we we in good hands, and and that was something that Mitch Johnson mentioned. Um, you know, at uh, post draft, he he basically said that. You know, they these three picks that they took, Sohan, um, Wesley, and also the uh, who was the other player, uh, Brett Branham. Branham. Uh, he says that, you know, that's they still look for that in, in those players. They say they still evaluate them. They make sure that you know, they do all their background and intel just to make sure these are good character guys. And that's still something that that the kind of culture that we follow. Let's continue, though, with the episode. And, and again, if we have more comments, we'll go ahead and uh, go through them. Joe, let us know. Um, I want to go through this. Some some other just um, other offseason notes here that, that are happening right now since we are recording. You know, this, this is partially a Spurs cast as well. Uh, the team has made some moves here. They've tendered uh, two qualifying offers, one to Lonnie Walker, the fourth for six point three million and Joe Wieskamp uh, for $1.8 $1. $1. And these are more so, like in the case of Lonnie, it's more so just trying to see what his market is out there when, when, he, when he goes into free agency tomorrow. And if there's a team that has interest, well, then maybe the Spurs can um, you know, tr- try to um, uh, do, work out a sign-and-trade. They can basically keep his uh, use his $13.3 million cap hold to, to facilitate that. Or, or who knows, maybe he accepts 
accepts it and he just comes back for more year and then he's an unrestricted free agent next year. Wieskamp, you know, they they they, they invested a year into in, in him last year, so maybe they just want to bring him back on on a small deal so that way they can see what he does, you know, with, with going in this in this um, youthful direction that they're that they're talking about. Uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, I was really excited to see Jeremy Sohan. Uh, after watching some YouTube clips of him over the last week, but he may not play at Summer League. Unfortunately, Sohan is in the health and safety protocols. Uh, Mitch Johnson, the Summer League coach, did not rule him out for Summer League entirely, but he's definitely not practicing right now. I was at the practice earlier today, and and he's, he's of course he's not he's not able to be there with with the, with the new teammates. Uh, so Sohan, we're not we're not we're not certain he'll get to play in any of those five games with the Spurs. Um, and then yeah, and then that's kind of um that's kind of it. But Joe, what what are the latest uh, comments? Yeah, I feel I'm going to go ahead and say I feel for Jeremy Sohan. You know, maybe that trip going to taking the young players on a trip to the Riverwalk was a bad idea in hindsight with the COVID on the rise. I'm just saying because I just recovered from COVID about a week ago, Mm -hmm. you know, and it was no joke. I felt like I had the, I felt like I had allergies, but I went and got tested. I had COVID mild symptoms because I was fully vaccinated. So I'm I'm good. But I mean, it's still something you don't want to go through, you know. So I hope that Jeremy fully recovers as fast as he can. And maybe we can see him in, you know, in some yeah, action in the summer league, it. you know, that's what I hope. Uh, some of the Spurs uh, comments that are coming in again from James from the Alamo City. <clears throat> He's putting, I love our Spurs, but superstars don't want to come to SA. No offense to Pop. Mm-hmm. Take Braun on as an example. He would love to play for Pop, but there are no other pieces in place to compliment him. Well, not anymore. You know, I, I, I don't know about that argument. I mean, you could argue he doesn't have squat in L.A. And yeah, he has Anthony Davis. But how many games does Anthony Davis play every year? He plays maybe 50 games a year. And they had a super old roster this year. And they were worse than the Spurs. OK, I'm not sure I'm buying that. But um, there, it's it's so funny to me because there are so many guys every year. And there were a bunch of guys at the Olympic Games who said, oh, my God, it would be amazing to play for Pop. I had such a great time playing for Pop. So either they're blowing smoke mm-hmm. or they, there's something about San Antonio they don't like, and that's probably true. But it's – and I, I, it was also James from the Alamo City, not from any other city. <laughs> and we also had a comment from our good friend uh, Rudy Campos uh, from Sweep the League. He Rudy, put, yeah. get out of here, Rudy. Get he out put, of here, man. He put on tonight's episode, he says, to sweep the league. He brought up a point. Everyone fails to see those Hawk picks are at the end of Trey's contract. If he bolts, then they are a lottery team. Put two and two together. He said, could pay off if he leaves Atlanta. Yeah. And then they also had that Celtics um, pick swap in 28. That's another thing to watch, too. So. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I don't know who mentioned it, Joe. I saw a comment here earlier where where they said at least the Spurs made a choice of what they were doing. This is kind of what we are talking about earlier with the path. Um, yeah. Uh, Somebody said, like, you know, unlike the Knicks and Wizards and a few other teams. Oh, yeah. So it was a core. He says, yeah, he said, at least we're willing to make the hard choices instead of waiting in mediocrity like the Kings, Wizards and Knicks. And again, that's kind of where they were probably going to be if they had they kept Murray and then maybe signed Aiton or trade a trade trade for John Collins. They were. Yes, they would have been a better team than last year. But I don't again, they're not going to probably be a top six Western Conference team. So so I think that they made this choice right now to to, to go for the future uh, with that rebuild mode. Joe, any other comments? Appreciate you not saying the magic in there, even though you definitely should have. <laughs> they just got the number one pick, man. Oh, because they're bad. I'd like to ask a question of both, you know, uh, Ben and Evan. You know, mm-hmm. this year's draft, as you had both stated, is a little bit better than the previous draft that just occurred. Uh, the Spurs are able to go ahead and garner a top five pick and possibly even go ahead and get, I don't know, maybe even an 11th or 15th pick, 19th pick. I mean, as you stated, this year's draft class is a lot stronger. 
So there's still quality players that are going to be available later on in the first round. At this juncture, do you think the Spurs should go ahead and keep that mantra of going ahead and drafting best available player? Or at this point, can they now afford the luxury of going to going ahead and drafting for need of the team? We'll go ahead and go with you, Evan. It shouldn't be best player available. It should be best player adult. No kids. When I say an adult, you got to be mature. You got to be here for the long run. We're not wasting no pick on you. Like literally, when I say a waste of pick, it's, it's no one that's going to have any type of issues. No, even R.J. Hampton-esque dads. People don't know how bad of a nuisance R.J. Hampton was. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because of his dad. So literally, we can't deal with anybody on, on the lines of that. Anybody on the lines of even, I don't want to say LeVar Ball-esque families, but like in terms of players, we really need to focus on somebody that brings another, I don't want to say, um, um, you got to be able to push the needle. You got to be able to fit in right. It, it doesn't have to be the uh, position of need. But basically, if, if we figure out that Devin Vassell, uh, I don't want to say got outplayed by Malachi Brandon, but Malachi Brandon solidified himself as a sixth man rather than a starter, we can maybe move on and grab another Devin Vassell replacement and shop him off. We can still replace anybody and everybody on this team, but we need to make sure that these people have futures for it and want to be on this team, like, without a doubt. So Long term. It, yeah. Yeah. So what about you, Ben? Do you think the Spurs should go ahead and still have that same uh, mantra, you know, going ahead and drafting best available player, or should they start looking to fill needs for the team now? That's tough. Um, uh, my my personal philosophy has always been to try and mix those two as best as possible. An example would be if the Spurs end up with the number two pick and assuming things stay the way they are, I don't think Scoot Henderson at 6-2 and another guard is just the right is the right move. There are other guys they could get and it is going to depend on what they do with Jakob Pertl, but assuming Pertl has moved, a guy like Derek Lively the second might be an option. If you're looking for another wing or forward, maybe Derek Whitehead, both guys going to Duke by the way. Um plenty plenty of other options out there if you're looking for different players. So I would say best available who may also happen to fit the 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 mold or the the profile of player you're looking for gotcha so let's go ahead and start sharing some of the comments here from twitter uh and reactions from some of the fans because i think it's pretty pretty funny man in my opinion we'll go ahead and share the ones that are are, are gonna be pg rated <laughs> So we have one uh, guy on here, or one Twitter user. He's saying, Kawhi won a ring after being traded to Toronto. Derek White went to the finals after being traded to Boston. DeJounte being traded to Atlanta means the Hawks at least make the finals. Well, that's the hope for them. That's the, the gamble that they're they're betting on. Doesn't count when Brent Forbes didn't resign. He won a ring with Bucks. <laughs> and here's some of the other reactions. We love you, DeJounte, and thank you for everything. And I also want to I also want to share Vicky Vick's reaction. This was her in her raw emotional state. Honestly, I don't understand how the Spurs front office made this decision. They're basically <laughs> investing in not competing at an elite level for the foreseeable future. Wasn't the cap pretty healthy? I just don't see the positives at all. A veteran and three picks. Why? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just wish they would have made this decision a long time ago. They just kind of tricked everybody thinking like, yeah, we're going to, you know, rebuild with what we've got. And then it's like, never mind. 
Yeah, here's the best player. Bye. I, I yeah. like this comment here. I like this reaction. It says, how DeJounte and Trey Young walking into Magic City. <laughs> Magic <laughs> City. At the club. Hey, man, those wings ain't nothing to mess with. I'll tell you. <laughs> it's... <laughs> Uh, just he goes, and then Mr. Murray says, "Just realized Dejounte and Trey Young share the same birthday. That's crazy. So they got that in common. And Manhattan on Mars. I know he's always active, you know, on on Twitter. And he says, my MF in point guard. I'm sick, bro. Love you to SA because you got that dog in you. Well, he did have that dog in him, you know. So it's a mixed bag. I mean, you got got a lot of fans that are are feeling hurt." You know, they, they got in their feelings. The Spurs got in their feelings, you know. But at the end of the day, it's like we always say, it is a business. You can never get attached to players because they can be gone at any 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 point in time. They're commodities that are, are that could be traded, you know. And unfortunately, that's basically what happened today. I know the Spurs Twitter fan base was divided for many days already, bickering back and forth that they're, where there's smoke, there's fire. Then you had the diehards that said there's nothing that was going to happen. Well, I guess everybody just, you know, had their own opinion. At the end of the day, the Spurs decided to do what's best for them and not Spurs Twitter. So to me, it was funny, not funny, but at least they have an identity now, you know. Here's a question I'd like to get uh, just, you know, anybody wants to answer this one because I don't really have a player in mind. But um, uh, who is this? Uh, James from the Alamo City asked earlier, uh, which players do you all as the panel feel uh, the Spurs should try and get tomorrow when free agency starts? So. I definitely think you know now. Now that we know they're heading in a rebuilding direction, they may be able to take a, a flyer like on a player who's like a, you know an unrestricted free agent, um, you know like you know just a few years in the league who maybe it hasn't worked out at, and on different teams. Do y'all have a specific name though? Because I, I again I looked at this list and I talked about this yesterday on the Spurs cast. I just wasn't very excited about this free agent group. If you're not going after players like Zach Levine or Colin Sexton or anything, anybody like that or DeAndre Ayton, uh, does anybody have any players in mind that are free agents? Uh, Evan, you want to go? Go ahead. Yeah. So Evan, Thomas Brown. Is is uh, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he's unrestricted. He's somebody that actually was people people have just completely forgotten about. Um, mm-hmm. He's somebody that I could see being the fringe level. I don't want to give him a, a stamp of how much money he's going to get paid, but if you move on from Jakob, Thomas Bryan is like that fringe level. He's not going to push the needle. We're still going to suck, and um, and he signed to the same agency as Josh Primo, by the way. And I, I, before we pass it to Ben, there's people I'm, I'm I'm on YouTube as well reading these comments saying that what I said about the sell. When it comes down to like what this year is, literally, if you imagine a pass first point guard, whether it's Ricky Rubio, Tyus Jones, Trey Jones starting, right? We're not going to have a scoring point guard. We need to make sure that our wings, we can see what these players have in them. We can see what type of roles they could fill. If Malachi or even Blake Wesley or someone else we sign, I don't want to say exceeds Devin's our, our player or Devin is the number one option now. He makes that clear. One way or another, somebody, I want to say it's guaranteed to be moved, but don't be surprised if they get moved because we, we, we boosted their value and we flipped them for more assets because they don't fit our timeline. Um, that could be Keldon. I joined when you guys were talking about that. He might be on the move. Seriously, we might just wait for uh, 5 mm-hmm. o'clock to, to come around for an official signing trade. So there's about there's more Woj bombs, shams, splashes, whatever people say, inbound for the, <laughs> for the next two days for sure. That's a new one, sham splashes. I hadn't heard that one, but I'm going to keep that in mind now. That's good you know, trade market uh, now, Evan. Right. I gotta say though, I'm gonna talk, you know, address this to Ben. But Ben, after looking at, you know, the summer league roster and you know, a late addition that the Spurs picked up in the draft, you know, after it was all said and done, Dominique Barlow. Kind of interesting to me, this kid. You know, he he kinda 
is an enigma to me. You know, maybe he can go ahead and make some noise. Maybe the Spurs might find some value in him and, and he might make the G League roster. You know, I mean, what, what he's on a two way about that confirmation today. Yeah, he's, he's definitely on a two way this coming season. What, what can you tell us about this kid, man? Uh, played for overtime elite, looked pretty good. He's 6'9, very solidly built. Um, I, I think Evan probably knows a little more than I do about him, actually, but uh, he's definitely a very Spursian fit, I think. He can shoot a little bit from deep, he can step out. Uh, dry, I think he's got kind of straight line drives in him for the most part if it's against slower guys. Yeah. Um, but I, I think he could he could be like a sneaky Jock Landale-ish kind of signing where he ends up getting more minutes than you think here and there in, you know, injury situations. He, he reminds me of like a mix of what we saw from Greg Brown last year, which was very raw <laughs> and mix of maybe, I don't want to say prime Josh Smith, but maybe like second, third year Josh Smith in terms of his player style. Like you're looking at, a, I don't want to say a combo for it, but a forward that's an athletic, I don't want to say freak, but he'll blow by you. He's a lot threat. He's somebody that I almost say you have to respect his shot, but one of three, one of four, maybe a game. And he is the definition of raw. There's no, I mean, overtime elite, this, that was, that was the, <laughs> I don't know who signed first, him or John Montero, but both, neither of them got drafted. They, they really need to work on who and how, how, how they uh, showcase and, and improve their talent. Cause he may be like the, I don't want to say the first man up on the Spurs roster if he exceeds expectations in summer league, or he may be out to leave. We don't know. So we, He's a definition of a pros of a of a prospect, a project. So he'll be in Austin yeah. for a while. And, and that's part of what overtime elite has to do as well. They have to they have to go out and they have to play against better competition. Is what it comes down to as well. Because people they're not playing against other G League team G League teams. They're not playing against like overseas competition that you have a good barometer of how good that team is. I think that's one of their problems as well. But that is a different topic for a different time. <laughs> yeah, so I wanted to go ahead and get some of Vicky's uh, uh, closing arguments here. You know, anything you'd like to share because she's going to have to go ahead and, and leave us here shortly because she's got a uh, vacation to get ready for. So, Vicky, yeah. anything you want to go ahead and uh, say? Um, no, I mean, <laughs> I've, I've calmed down. Um, I, I was pretty heated, upset about this. Um, but, you know, basically, I've, I've read a lot since it happened and I'm coming to terms with what's, you know, what's happening. Um, You've gone through just, the, the, the three phases of grief. already. Yeah. Or? Yeah, I have. It sucks because, you know, it seemed for a while there, the Spurs were committing to something mm -hmm. and out of nowhere, they changed their mind. That's what it sort of feels like. Um, but as long as they stick to it and they actually, go full rebuild they do not win they don't get to the play-in you know they get that 14 percent chance at the top uh pick then i'll i'll be happy but you know i just want to see them commit to it and yeah i mean you know spurs fans out there don't go and boycott don't stop going to the games <laughs> buying jerseys all that stuff because i mean they need the support it's not going to mm -hmm. do anyone good if it doesn't look like san antonio wants a team so, you know, don't take your frustrations out that way. Um, it's going to be a couple seasons of suffering, but I got to ask you one more question. Yeah. And this is something that me and Jonas were just jokingly having a conversation about. 
Do you think the Spurs need to just go ahead and ban Bobblehead Night? Because it seems like that, that night is cursed. Every you know, I haven't picked up my Keldon Bobblehead. I haven't picked it up. And now it's I'm like, do I? Maybe I shouldn't. They have, I have to pick up my, my Coyote, my Keldon, and now my DeJounte. You know, well, I'll tell you, it. they're definitely not trading the Coyote. Look at that. Oh. Oh. I have Kawhi's too. It's still in the box. I never opened it. Incredible. Oh, you see, but oh the thing no. is, like, yeah. every time the Spurs announce bobblehead night, it's like, he's gone. No. You know, Keldon, yeah. he's not gone yet. But I mean, if 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 Don't the curse goes ahead and lives up to its 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 hype, that means he's yeah. gone too. So, Vicky, what do you want to do with Spurs bobblehead night? Do you think they just need to stop it all together? Yep. There you go. Get rid of it. That's it. <laughs> Did uh, the DeJounte bobbleheads ever go on? Did, that, did those ever go in the public or no? Well, I did release a statement, and I'm going to tell you. I like I looked at my email. I have my my voucher. Jonas has his voucher because he went to that game. You can go now to the AT and T Center and go pick up your bobbleheads. But the thing is, they didn't even tell the public, man. They're just like, "Hey, we're going to have bobblehead yeah. night. Come out. It's going to be great." You go out there, you buy your ticket. People brought extra tickets to get the vouchers, and then you get there, and they give you they announce on the big screen, "Oh, due to to." Uh, was it yeah. supply chain shortages or your bobbleheads aren't going to be available? I'm like, bro, it's already been like how long since the season ended and you're just barely handing these out. And to, for your troubles, this is what the Spurs have done purely out of the kindness of their heart. They are actually giving you a Spurs 2020-2021 season yearbook. Yes, I said that right. A 2020-2021 Spurs season yearbook. I'm like, come on, man. Wow. Remember from this well, <laughs> Not even from this <laughs> I'm in this. Yeah, but like, dude, that didn't get the media attention it really deserved. Yeah. I'm just saying, man. If they have bobblehead night this year, you ain't getting me like that. No, I'm not going. going. Well, it was great. It was great talking to y'all. I'm going to hop off and stay positive, Spurs fans. You know? Yeah, you're going to post some of your vacation pics. We'll be following you. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Burn it to the ground. Burn it to the ground. (laughs) Will do. We'll do. Bye, guys. Bye. Um, Bye. And I guess, yeah, Joe, like you're right, just kind of doing cl- closing thoughts here. Um, um, Evan, what are your th- what are your closing thoughts here on, uh, after this day that San Antonio Spurs uh, traded DeJounte Murray to Atlanta? All I got to say is buckle up. There's going to be more more Woj bombs, more Shams flashes, you know. I'll say this. You need to look yourself in the mirror if you're a Spurs fan and make that decision today. I'm so serious. You got to be. You got to be willing to make this commitment. It, we're going to be the worst team in the league probably one of the next three or four years unless we make some serious moves. And I don't see that happening. I really don't see that happening. So people, are, I, I, there's no one to call out. This it's the consensus. First fans are so mad. They're so angry. They're so riddled. They they make excuses for everything. Suck it up. Go buy a jersey. Even if even if the new one is announced, it's not, that, that doesn't look the best. It looks like a WNBA jersey. Buy it. Buy it. Seriously, it's still not. Me. It's still not the Jazz jersey, so we should be fine. And 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 one last thing: show love to these guys online. Malachi, Blake, Wesley—they they are active online. They will open your DM. They need as much love as possible. Jamie Sohan brings that flair the Spurs need. Do not push these guys out of town. Embrace them. They want to be here. Embrace them. That's all I got. Yeah, man. Okay. At the end of the day, they're human beings too. I mean, you can, you're going to have to just support the team period if you don't want to we'll go ahead and make a form so you can go ahead and jump ship we don't want you back if you leave you're gone also (laughs) just just consider 
for a minute that you're not a Knicks fan. <laughs> I'm serious. Those you guys, every single true. year, they believe they're the greatest team that has ever been put on this earth. And every year, that team fails to meet expectations. Those expectations could be low as hell, and they still don't meet those expectations. They have been mismanaged for an incredibly long amount of time. All right. And yet those fans still get up for every game and they go fill Madison Square Garden and they say, I'm going to root hard as I possibly can for this team that is going to make me upset at the end of the night. Hell, they wouldn't even let Spike Lee in and he found a way in. You remember that? I'm saying the ticket holder, man. Despite their ownership trying to kick out legendary fans and former players, they are still there supporting that team. Absolutely stunning stuff. There you go. You know what? John Diaz just went ahead and put a comment on here. Our good friend, John Diaz. He put, did I miss the silver and black lining? No, Ben just gave it to you, John. There you go. You're, at least you're not a Knicks fan. <laughs> then, uh, one, of our, uh, one of our other teammates, Matthew Lerma's here. He put, hey, guys, earlier. Joe, uh, what, are your, some, what are your closing thoughts after the Spurs uh, traded DeJounte today? How are, how are you walking away from this? Well, I'm walking away with this finally being relieved. It's like you got yeah. all this pressure off taken off your mm-hmm. backs now, you know? You don't have to go ahead and say, oh, we're going to go ahead and start flirting with the play-in game again. The Spurs have shown that they were never that great to go ahead and actually win the play-in game. They were too good to get a top pick. Now they're going to be bad enough to get a top pick. You got to pick your poison, own it, and just move forward with the team, having this clear direction, and just be a fan, man. I mean, I was here before the days that the Spurs came back to their winning ways. Every team goes through this. The Spurs are officially in rebuild mode. Embrace it. Go out to the AT&T Center, which is going to be named something else next season. And just look at it like this. At least you'll have cheaper tickets. You can get in that lower bowl finally, you know, and cheer for the team. Wear the shirt. Wear the shirt, you know. But don't get conned with that bobblehead night. They're not going to get me this year. Yeah. And and then uh, d- there was a question here from Robbie Morris earlier, and, and it's one that I've already answered before, but I'm just going to sum it up real quick. Uh, they, they asked, uh, why does this trade have to wait until J- July 6th, and uh, won't we gain cap space since Gallinari's salary should be enough to make the trade work? Basically, it comes down to there's some co- uh, cap complications where Murray's salary at $15 million does not work because Gallo, for this current season, made $20 million, and there's some, you have to you have to match uh, up to like five. There's, there's some, some specific language there in the CBA. And so it wouldn't have worked to get it done to, you know, tonight or tomorrow before the season ends. So it has to be done after July 6th. And the reason for that is that uh, the Hawks most likely bumped up Gallo's salary, his partial guarantee, to about 11 or $12 million. And so we'll get those numbers soon, um, um, hopefully whenever that trade officially becomes complete. Uh, and then the Spurs may not be on the hook for the full $21 million when they waive Gallo. They, it may only be for 11 or $13 million, somewhere around there. Um, hey, all right, we, so... We got a viewer, we got a view, listener or a viewer watching this. Hey, look at Greco Suave, man. He's been watching for a while here, too. He says, I broke the mirror, I guess, when he found out you know, DeJounte was traded. Seven years of bad luck. Why would you do that, man? And as far as renaming the AT&T Center, he says, how about the Taco Cabana Arena? Well, you know what? If we're yeah. going to go with Taco Cabana, why not Fred's Fish Fry? It's infamous here in, in San Antonio. And if you don't know, now you know. You know, go look it up. And then Jonas put here 2022 Showcase Cup and 2023 G League Champs for Austin. So, yeah. Let's see what happens there. Well, actually, a lot of guys might be on, on this team this year. <laughs> a, lot of the, a lot of the rookies. All right. So, Thanks everyone for for listening. Um, uh, you know, for those of you listening on on, on audio audio, whenever this goes out, 
uh, to listen to the Spurs cast and those of you watching us on YouTube and all the different platforms. Thanks again for providing some comments and, and taking some time out of your evening to watch this episode. Thanks to Joe, Ben, Vicky, and Evan for joining me on this episode of the Spurs cast slash roundtable, Project Spurs roundtable, and also to Joe for mixing and producing this episode. From all of us at Project Spurs, stay safe and have a great day.